0: But it was it was a great experience uh, both on and off the ice. Uh, you know, as you know, I can't remember the years, and maybe you could help me out, but, but Syracuse didn't have a professional team. And then when the Syracuse Crunch came in and Howard Logan and his group brought us in, I mean, we were just, you know, we felt like we were in the NHL the way we were treated and received by the fans. And it was just it was just an all-around amazing experience. And, and in the community, um, was
1: awesome. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. Welcome to Crunch Chronicles. It is episode seven, and boy, we are very excited for this week's episode, as we have a very special guest on the program this week. We, of course, are talking about Brian Loney, a former forward of the Syracuse Crunch. He was part of the original Crunch team back in 1994. He was here when the franchise moved from Hamilton to Syracuse, and began the new franchise, the Syracuse Crunch. He was a part of that original team for the Crunch. He was here for the very first game in Crunch history on September 30th, 1994. And because of that, and because of other reasons as well, we felt this would be a great week to have Brian Loney on the show. Of course, this week is the Crunch's 28th home opener in franchise history on Saturday, October 23rd, as they'll take on the Utica Comets. And for the first time in over 600 days, the Crunch will play a regular season game in front of fans. It is the longest layoff between games with fans in the regular season for the Crunch since the end of the previous pro hockey team in Syracuse in the early 80s and the return of pro hockey with the Crunch in 1994. So... This home opener for the Crunch here in 2021 is a throwback. It's a look back at 1994 for the Crunch. Syracuse will wear original jerseys in the game against the Comets on the 23rd. The Stanley Cup will be here in Syracuse as well. It's going to be a party-like atmosphere at Upstate Medical University Arena, all because we're celebrating the return of fans to to Syracuse hockey here this season. And again, part of the reason why we're talking with Brian Loney on the show this week is because he was a part of that original team, and he played in the very first Crunch game against the Albany River Rats on September 30th, 1994, a 7-7 tie. That was the first of what was three seasons that Brian spent in Syracuse with the Crunch. He played here from 1994 through 1997, had three very successful seasons with the Crunch, in his first year, he had 40 points in 67 games, including 23 goals. His second year, it was dynamic. 48 games played for the Crunch. He had 34 goals in 48 games, 51 points in total. He also got his very first and his only stint in the NHL when he played 12 games with the Vancouver Canucks that season. Then he came back for one more year in Syracuse, and he had 58 points in 76 games. After his time in Syracuse, he spent pretty much the entire rest of his career in Europe, playing in Germany, in Finland, and in Italy. He retired after the 2004 season, and he's been out of hockey ever since. But he certainly has fond memories of his time in Syracuse with the Crunch back in 1994. And we catch up with Brian Loney on this week's episode of Crunch Chronicles.
0: Well, um, I'm... Currently residing in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm actually in a transition. Uh, I'm moving back down to Columbus, Ohio, and uh, that will be done within the month. But i I'm, I'm uh, working in a. A consulting firm, so that's kind of uh, what I've been doing since I got out of hockey.
1: Yeah, it's uh, well, that's great to hear. Good to hear you're coming back into the States. Uh, you know, you retired, you left the game of hockey in the early or mid-2000s. What's uh, what's post-hockey life been like for you? Uh, I know everyone has a, a different path and a different journey once they get out of the game. What's it been like for you?
0: Well, that's, that's a funny question because I, I have a son who was a freshman at Minnesota Duluth this year and uh so i kind of look back on that the hockey aspect of it and i always tell them you, you don't appreciate what you have until you know until it's gone kind of kind of like the old dad cliche saying that we tell our kids but uh you know i can't complain hockey treated me very well and prepared me for like you know the, my second career if you will and And right when I got out of hockey, I kind of jumped right into the engineering consulting side of things with uh, some big international firms. And and I've been doing project management and construction management with them ever since. So, you know, I'm very fortunate. I got out of the game after 12, 13 years of pro with with little injury and, uh, and, you know, my body still works. And so post hockey, it's been great. And now we're just kind of uh, my wife and I are enjoying our, our our three kids, and and my son's about to start his his journey. So it's, it's kind of like the circle of life of a hockey player. Yeah.
1: So he he's playing uh, he's playing hockey at Minnesota Duluth. Then.
0: Yeah, this is his uh, freshman year. He just started. I think they they played their first two games of the season last weekend. So yeah
1: nice that's exciting i am sure like you said it's kind of that uh that cycle of life you you see what it's uh, what he gets to go through now you know what what type of advice and, and how how do you approach it coming from uh, you know the the perspective as someone who has played the game and has gone through that journey a bit how how do you think that has helped him in his journey well you, you
0: know it's it's like everything you know as adults we if we could go back we all would probably change stuff or or, uh, I like to joke with my son. I think I made every wrong decision when it, <clears throat> when it came to contracts kind of laugh about it, but, uh, you know, it's, I guess the big, biggest thing is, is that when you've kind of, you know, I was fortunate enough to do it for a living and, and got to a high level. So when the kids are growing up and playing and it's so kind of cr- crazy and probably in all sports, but hockey specifically, especially in Canada, it's, it's, it just it's, it just doesn't matter as much as what parents seem to think when they're younger, you know? And, uh, that was my approach with my son, with all my kids, really. I just, I, I didn't, it wasn't a big deal for me if they played hockey or skated and, um, and they just kind of found their own way. Uh, my son didn't even start skating until he was about seven years old when we moved back to Canada. So it, he just kind of fell in love with the sport and it's, it's his journey. Uh, I guess my biggest advice is, Yeah, just to let let the kids do their thing and sit back and, and enjoy.
1: Yeah, that's awesome to hear for sure, and and it's great to hear that he is uh, he has found his way in in this game, and and he is a part of it now. Uh, we'll we'll shift now a bit to uh, to your time here in Syracuse. Uh, you know, we, you spent as we mentioned three years here with the Crunch way back at the very beginning of this franchise in nineteen ninety four. Uh, it was a new franchise here with the Crunch. Uh, the the Vancouver Canucks bringing the affiliation from Hamilton uh, to Syracuse. Uh, you were here at the start, the first game. All all of that. But before we dive into some of the the more specifics, just what are your what were your general thoughts as you look back on things about your your three years in Syracuse? What was it like to be here?
0: Well, I mean, for me, it was a special time. Um, my wife and I now uh, you know we lived in Syracuse year round, and uh, we were part of the community, and I have so many great memories and great friends and relationships from that time still to this day. so um for me, it was probably a little different from from most of the guys who'd be coming an in and out, you know, for the season and go back to their respective homes or countries. Um, but it was it was a great experience, uh, both on and off the ice. The you know, as you know, I can't remember the years. and Maybe you could help me out that that Syracuse didn't have a professional team, and then when the Syracuse Crunch came in and Howard Dogan and his group brought us in, I mean, we were just you know, we felt like we were in the NHL the way we were treated and received by the fans. And it was just, it was just an all around amazing experience. And, and in the community, um, it was awesome. Brian Alwell, I remember, recall. I mean, he was, I think he played for the, the original Syracuse team. And and he, he opened, uh, he made us feel welcome. And uh, he was a great guy to kind of show us around town as well.
1: Yeah, it had been so long since uh, since there was pro hockey here in Syracuse. We're kind of going through that again this year, and we'll, we'll kind of touch on the opener in a bit as well. But uh, with all COVID, it's been oh, oh, a year and a half since we've had fans in this building, uh, so that's kind of the approach this year for the opener, which again we'll we'll touch on here uh, very shortly. But you mentioned you lived here year round. What it, that is that is pretty unusual for players, uh, especially these days. Everyone goes back home and and you know spends their summers away. What what was the decision to to stay? In Syracuse and kind of make it your home for a couple of years.
0: Well, I mean, like I said, my uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, Megan, she she worked uh, locally and she moved from Ohio to live with me, and uh, she got a job, and uh, we just had some some good ties to the community. Uh, I met a lot of people. You know, I got involved in doing. Uh, you know, as a comedian doing events, uh, it's like when Jim, like that was Jim's first, his first year and me and him were tied at the hip for the first probably the three years I was there. But it seemed like uh, Jim was taking me all different places every every chance he could. And then in the off season, it was, you know, we got involved uh, doing stuff, you know, at, representing the Syracuse Crunch, but in different ways that you can that summers allows in upstate New York. I remember we did a baseball game. Mike Pecca and I did a, a Crunch Booster Club baseball game. I that just pops to my popped into my head for some reason. But um it's just a great area. It's beautiful. Beautiful in the summer, you know, kind of makes up for the winters there. And uh, I've enjoyed it.
1: Well, it's uh, it is a great place to live. It's a great uh, it's a great spot in the summer, like you say, and and uh, and throughout the course of that summer, the I know the excitement was building. You know, before the first season of Crunch Hockey back in 1994, uh, it was the work, as you mentioned, of Howard Dolgan and everyone involved in the in the staff initially, just getting the the excitement level, getting the energy level in the in the city and the community to a point where it was ready to go for that opener. What, what you know, as a team coming in for the first time, you were together and Hamilton as as a you know a group but uh, coming into a new franchise at a new city the city that hadn't seen pro hockey in in almost 15 years Uh, the AHL was left last year in 1980 and then there was a very brief uh, team not in the AHL in 1981 but with a city that's excited to have hockey back what was that you know excitement level what did you feel in the community heading into that first year in 1994?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it started from day one. I mean, you know, coming from Hamilton, I mean, there was a reason why the franchise was moved. It wasn't doing very well. I don't even know if people knew where we there was a team there. And then it was just like totally under the spectrum uh, when we got to Syracuse right from, you know, a training camp there, you know, there was people at our practices, there was media, like it really was for us, you know, minor league hockey players to start in our career. It was like you're in the NHL and people recognized you in the community if you were at the store or a restaurant. So it was, it was like a real, as a young, you know, in the twenties to start your career, it was a real eye opener. And, uh, just the, the excitement around everywhere you went, it was Syracuse crunch. Everyone was talking, it was the buzz of the city. It seemed like, and, and you know what, I it's I look back on my you know, 12, 13 year career. It has to be one of the highlights that first year and, and, and just the fan involved, the fan excitement and involvement—it was just—it was
1: off the charts. It really was. Yeah, it was a uh, one heck of a show. And I know I've seen the uh, the the video of that very first game on September 30th of 1994, uh, where there was all sorts of pregame festivities, a great atmosphere, a sold-out crowd. Uh, the energy in the building was was through the roof. And like I said, with a crunch, it's been over 600 days since we've had regular season uh, games with fans in this building. And so you know, c- coming into to the home opener this upcoming week when you're uh, for the folks listening to this uh this show it, it's we're looking to mirror some of the same stuff we've got those original jerseys on the ice uh, just the the show though from that opener what do you remember from that very first game with everything that was going on uh, uh ended up being a 7-7 tie against albany but just the the pre-game festivities and the party-like atmosphere what do you remember from that very first crunch game
0: well, right off the bat, what sticks in my mind is uh, Reddick Bo. Uh, I, I think, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was there opening night and uh, meeting him in the dressing room. He was, you know, we're all in equipment and he was bigger than any of us, <laughs> you know, and we're a bunch of Canadian, most of us, the majority of our team is a bunch of Canadian kids that, you know, don't get around, you know, celebrities, if you will, like that. And it was kind of an awe factor, that's for sure. And then just the fact, I mean, nowadays, you know, everyone has lasers and lights and unbelievable pregame stuff, you know, kind of like the the Las Vegas of the NHL, if you will. But back in the early 90s, there was no, you know, even mascots in most of the league were, were far and few between. And, and we had a brand new mascot, was, looked cool. I think there was pyro, like, techniques or fireworks on the ice. I mean, that was just, you've you just never seen that stuff Um where most of us had played before. So it was like a real, you know, it was a long, I remember it was a long ceremony or opening night, if you will, but just everything around it from the, from Riddick Bowl being there and, and, uh, you know, lots of media coverage and, and TV going on and ceremonies and, and then the pair of, you know, like the fireworks on the ice was uh, just something that we'd never seen before. So it was, it was pretty neat. And, and of course the fans, I mean, it was just, It was loud in there the whole time
1: unbelievable. It's hard to match the uh, the energy in this building, even if it's not a sellout. It's always great, and we know the fans and uh, have been so uh, passionate over the years, which you can touch on again a little bit later on as well, but uh, I'm curious, going into that first year, you, you know, it's... I don't know if maybe you think about it, maybe you don't when you're a player at that stage in your career, but, you know, it's the first year of a new franchise at a new city. D- do you, Did you and the team feel any pressure because of that coming into a new spot to maybe try to make a good early impression on a city that hadn't had hockey in so long.
0: You know, I, I wish, you know, at our young age that we had the, the maturity to think like that, <laughs> <laughs> but, but to be honest, we were just, you know, we're a bunch, all we know is hockey and we, uh, and we wanted to be in the NHL. Right. So you, we were worried about, you know, moving up the depth chart with the Vancouver Canucks and putting in a good season and training and all that kind of stuff. But definitely, uh for those who were in Hamilton the year before moving to Syracuse, we knew, we knew, uh, what it's like when you weren't supported. And like I said previously, on the first day we arrived there, it was complete opposite. So you get kind of jazzed up for that, but also, you know, even though we were just young, uh, young kids at the time, but you, we respected, you know, um, how we were treated and, and definitely made sure, uh, that whole season I think everyone made a point to give back in the community and we were always doing events and stuff. And like I said, you can thank Jim Cirillo for that. He was the main guy bringing us
1: around. Yeah, he's been uh, well. He's been such a key part of this organization for so many years, and uh, we are very fortunate to have him here with the Crunch. Uh, I'm curious, just on the ice uh, from that first year. We'll kind of dive into each of your three seasons, but uh, aside from just the excitement level of being, uh, you know, here in Syracuse that first year, what do you remember from that team and and uh, anything from that season in particular? Uh, you know, how the year went for the Crunch in 1994, 1995.
0: Well, you know, honestly, uh it, it's very hard for me uh to dissect between the different years right. and the different countries I played in, but uh, <laughs> I think I think that first year, I know like Pekka Mike Pekka was down, so I don't know if there was a a lockout, was there a lockout to start that year?
1: I believe there was. Yeah, yeah, there was.
0: Yeah, so so I think we had some people that would, you know, uh like uh, would eventually make the NHL, but like uh, like Walker, uh, not that year, but Mike Peck was like the big name. I think he was the first rounder for Vancouver and, and having all those guys uh, down, some veteran players, or not veteran, but some big names or big expectations. And I just remember... Uh, You know, we had uh, Kirk Fraser. I mean, I don't know if he gets talked about a lot, but I mean, Kirk Fraser is a legend in the NHL. He's, you know, he's done so much. His career speaks for himself. And he was our assistant coach with Jack McElhury. And, uh, you know, they both obviously had lots of NHL experience. And and just the way, you know, we carried out that year, I don't even know what our record is, to to be honest. I don't even know how we finished. But uh, um, the first year was, was memorable just Just from the awe factor in the community, it really was. Oh, we'll move on to the. I wish I had more for you.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> hey, all good. It's it has been a long time, obviously, for everyone, and and uh, this is hard to believe. It's the 28th year of the Crunch coming up here this year. Uh, we'll we'll move on to uh, the, your second year here, though, and I'll I'll kind of help you out a little bit. Uh, that year, that second year, you uh, uh, you know, you get your call up to the NHL. You played 12 games with the Vancouver Canucks that year. Uh, do you remember where you were when you got that call that you were you know were going to get that opportunity to get the call? up to to Vancouver that season
0: yeah it's one of those things like you know fans you know who might be listening are newer fans back in that era of you know of the NHL like call ups were very far and few between and to get you know there's probably Vancouver probably in two years maybe called up two people you know my first two years of my career maybe three at the most so it's not like nowadays where you know there's always players going up and down and, and filling the need but I was fortunate enough to start off with, um, I don't know what it was, maybe confidence or just experience, you know, start my third season, but I started off real quick and I was having a great season. And, and uh, yeah, I definitely remember the call, you know, you know, Jack Mack, uh, giving me a phone call in the evening and just saying, you know, you, you, you kind of, you think how it's going to go, but I was probably, I think I just finished, you know, sitting on the couch and and uh, he, he calls and said, uh, you need to come over to the rink. You're getting called up. You leave first thing in the morning. And that was, he goes, I'll talk to you when you get here. And it probably took me five, 10 minutes to figure out, you know, is it for real kind of deal? You know, it was, uh, it was crazy. And I remember calling, uh, you know, my, mo- my mom, and my brother, you know, and it was no cell phones back in the day, so it was kind of uh, you know tracking people down and and all that kind of stuff wasn't different. But uh, and I and I lived right behind the arena, in some I like, think Presidential Plaza. I think that was the name of it. So I kind of just ran over to the rink and and uh, started my
1: journey the next day uh, that's cool. awesome yeah that's that's awesome that's a fun story I, I didn't even consider you know the the how different the leagues are and how much uh, interaction you have with transactions these days like you mentioned it, it, it must be a totally different world now than it was then uh, so you, you get the call up you play 12 games looking back on it now you know how what does it mean to you that you, you got that that chance at the NHL you played your 12 games and you you made it to the NHL at one point in your career
0: yeah you know it's you know, I always tell my son, you know, like it, it, you know, just relating to hockey. You know, I I achieved it, but looking back, you know, if I knew what I knew, I know if I could go back, I always tell my son I'd be a 15 year veteran, and and because I I didn't really believe that I belonged at the time. You know, I didn't wasn't negative or didn't have confidence. It was just always seemed like a dream to be up there. You know, and uh, but making it, you know. You know, I look back at it and, you know, you have your hockey cards and jerseys and stuff like that. It's it's uh, it's pretty, you know, I'm proud that I made it. I wish I could have stayed longer, <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, uh, I have nothing but great things with the Vancouver organization. You know, I signed two contracts with them. And, uh, you know, of that stint, besides my first NHL game and being up there a couple months, uh, Syracuse is the biggest thing that stands out in my mind and, and in my professional hockey yeah. career
1: well, You come back, like you say, to the Crunch then the rest of that year, and, and that year, the Crunch made uh, some good waves in the playoffs. You were a part of that team that went to a, a conference finals that year against Rochester. Uh, the second round, you scored a series-winning goal against uh, Baltimore. Um, I, I know you, you kind of say you don't remember a ton of things from that time necessarily, specifically, but uh, what do you remember from that playoff run, if anything, as you guys uh, in and only the second year in Syracuse go all the way to the conference finals?
0: Oh, well, I, I do remember that. I remember uh, you know things didn't go the way we wanted with Rochester they were really stacked in the finals but uh, or in the, in the semifinals but that uh, Baltimore, Baltimore series was uh, it was just it was like you know the Stanley Cup finals going to game seven for us it was crazy and I'm if I, if I recall correctly we had a ton of fans from Syracuse travel down there to Baltimore to watch those games too um But I remember, you know, we had uh, Savage and Walker and we put together a pretty good run there. And it was, uh, yeah, it was exciting. Definitely the high point for my years in Syracuse.
1: Yeah, Rochester ended up winning, like you say, against the Crunch and then went on to win the uh, the Calder Cup that year uh, in the next round as well. Uh, you mentioned him a couple of times, Jack Magalargi, who was uh, the head coach here for the Crunch for a number of years, uh, uh, unfortunately passed away last summer after battling uh, with cancer. But what was he like? I know everyone I've talked to here who was here when he was the coach for the Crunch, who had rave reviews, loved working with him. What was he like as a coach for you and what, what did he mean? To you in your career.
0: Well, I mean, he was, you know, he was an old school coach. I mean, every coach back then was old school. You know, a different way of approaching. But he he was definitely a player's coach. He cared about his players, and uh, you know, he wasn't a big screamer or yeller. He was kind of like, you know, if he needed to, to give you a kick, he would. But he was really good for that. Type of hockey and developing kids, he, he'd let you go and make mistakes, you know, correct them kind of thing, and, and and let you go out again. And so he, I mean, he definitely, well, he's basically the only coach, he's the only coach I played for in Vancouver in the system, you know, in the minors, and he's the only thing I ever really knew. And and a lot of respect to him. he's almost like a father figure to all us because we were so young and and. Uh, and he he also brought excitement, you know. He there was there was days or games on the road uh, where you know I think we're holding him back. He's trying to fight the other culture. <laughs> he wasn't happy with that the other way. So he he was definitely invested. He was one of us, and uh, just a great 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 coach and a great uh, human being off the ice
1: as well. Brian, I know you were here a couple of years ago. Uh, in, it was the Crunch's 25th season. The Crunch had a 94 night. They were thrown back uh, with those original jerseys, um, which again, the Crunch are doing this year. For the opener, it's, it's the original white jerseys the Crunch are wearing this year, but you were here. There was a couple of other players from that very first 1994 team as well. When you came back a couple of years ago, you know what was it like to be back and, and how did it compare, I guess, uh, you know seeing this place now versus versus what what you remember from what it was like then?
0: You know, it was was great. I hadn't seen a lot of the guys for a while. Um, So it was great to catch up with them. Uh, You just had some renovations completed, like the boxes on the one end of the the ring, which was beautiful. Really nice. Uh, But other than that, you know, things had really kind of stayed the same. Obviously, there was upgrades to, like, the downstairs underneath guys where the, the, the players train and all that. But you know, the dressing room, uh, we went in there had some pictures and looked around. It was kind of like how we left it, you know, <laughs> nothing much had changed. Uh, and then just going around, we had a chance to go out in the community and, and, uh, go to some of our old stomping grounds and, and it was really neat to see. Um, and I mean, I think we signed autographs between periods and I couldn't believe, I mean, we had some really big, you know, Scott Walker, lots of games in the NHL and Mike Becker was there, but, uh so many people came back down to get our autographs and seeing some of the old fans, like we recognize some of them from, you know, like 20, 25 years previously, you know, uh, our old jerseys, a little weathered, but, uh, it was really neat to see. And it just goes to show what kind of hockey town Syracuse really is. You know, the fans really, we really
1: do care. Yeah, I was just gonna pivot to that next, uh, talking about the fans and and what it was like to play uh, in front of them here in Syracuse and uh, with the passion. You know, what does it do for a player when you have a passionate fans like you have here in Syracuse to to give you that energy every night?
0: I mean, I, I think each player is different, but for me, I love fans. I love noise, and uh, it's always nicer when they're on your side but uh, we always brought our, our, we definitely had a whole mice advantage playing in in the war Memorial. And uh, I mean, if you, I'm sure you've seen videos, but uh, when, you know, no other teams, when I was there, we had our John Baduke had his own little fan club. And every time, you know, the, the, the crunch staff, every time he would drop the gloves, he had his own song and the fans would go nuts. And, and it was just something that you'd never seen before. And it just, goes to show it's just the fans were invested it was the entertainment you know it wasn't just the sport but uh, they did a lot of stuff in between periods and afterwards and which just all translated into a great a great experience in the game and and especially in that barn where the fans seemed to be on top of you um but the support i always it always it was like the you know the seventh man, if you will, on ice for us, for
1: sure. Yeah, and, and that has continued over the years, which we've been very fortunate to have here in Syracuse. Uh, shifting just very quickly uh, to uh, your time, the rest of your career, you spent overseas after you were done playing for the Crunch. You came back uh, to North America for a year or so in the midst of all of that, but most of the rest of your career was over in Europe, in, in Finland, Germany, and Italy. What was uh, what was the European hockey like for you when you got a chance to go over there for, for pretty much the rest of your career? What, what was your experience like in Europe,
0: I had a uh, great experience. It was uh, it's, it's different, that's for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's like, like a half the schedule. Uh, there's barely hitting. There's no fighting. The so <laughs> travel is very easy. Uh, so you know, that's probably why my body didn't. Uh, I don't have the wear and tear like some of the guys my age who who stayed in North America. But you know, it was uh, just from. Living in the different countries, in the culture, uh, just getting to experience that and travel while you're over there, and and financially, contractually, it was it was a really great deal for us. So, um, I'm glad I I did that. Um, I think any players that can't move on, they should definitely try and get over to Europe and play in the different different leagues. And it was a you know, I was naive Canadian hockey player. I didn't really know that there was hockey over over you know, like overseas over in Europe, but there's so many different leagues and different levels. And, and nowadays, you know, there's the top levels like KHL, everyone's pretty aware of now. And the DEL, a lot of NHL players are coming out of, you know, the top league in Germany. So hockey is very prevalent over there. And and again, different types of fans. It's more of a soccer atmosphere over there with the fans. That's for sure. But uh, definitely experience. And I was grateful
1: for my uh, my years, yeah, it's awesome to have hockey as an opportunity to kind of experience other uh, aspects of or other areas of the world for sure. I, I'm sure that's uh, that was something enjoyable for you. Uh, before we let you run, Brian, and we certainly appreciate the time here today. Just uh, wondering if there was any other thoughts or or anything you'd like to add about your time with the Crunch or any final messages uh, for for Crunch fans here before we let you run today. You
0: know, uh, just beside I think I've said it multiple times, but. Uh, Syracuse will always be in my heart. That's uh, actually where I was married. My wife and I got married downtown in Syracuse at the big cathedral, and lots of good friends there. And it will always be uh, one of the highlights of my career for sure. And uh, for the fans listening, uh, don't ever change the atmosphere there because it's uh, it, the players appreciate it, and it's just there's no other barn like it in the league.
1: Well, it's a, it's a wonderful message, and, and uh, we all second that for sure. And, and as you know, you're always welcome back here in Syracuse. There's no doubt about that. This is Brian Loney, who spent three years in Syracuse back in the, uh, the mid-'90s. Brian, we certainly appreciate you giving us some time here today. Thanks for joining us on Crunch Chronicles, and, and we wish you well.
0: Anytime. Thank you
1: is former syracuse crunch forward brian loney here on this week's episode of crunch chronicles episode seven now in the books and we certainly appreciate brian giving us some time through all of his travel schedule he's traveling for work the the week we talked with him and as you heard he's in the midst of making a move back into the states as well so a very busy time for brian loney but we were uh, we were very appreciative of of uh, getting the opportunity to talk with him and get caught up on what he's doing these days, and, of course, a little stroll down memory lane back towards 1994 and the first couple of years of the Syracuse crunch. A lot has changed over the years from 1994 to now, but, my goodness, the energy is still the same, the passion of everyone here in Syracuse is still the same, and uh, we are all very fortunate to be part of this organization and to be able to... Be there for the crunch and for the Crunch's home opener uh, this upcoming Saturday. If you're listening to this episode on time, the 28th home opener in franchise history. But uh, you listen to Brian and and him talking about just the build-up before that first game back in 1994, the energy in the community for this team, and and just the dramatic change from going from Hamilton, where he was the previous year with the Canucks minor league affiliate, and then Hamilton, of course, uh, and Vancouver moving that that franchise to Syracuse to form the Syracuse Crunch with the help of Howard Dolgan just the, the difference in, in the support from the community and, and how Syracuse felt like a big-time, big stage for the players coming from Hamilton at that point. And it's great to see. And, and I don't think much has changed since then. It's still a big stage for the players coming in now uh, as part of the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. And uh, we, we, uh, I think the players who have come through now over the last uh, 10 years with the Lightning would certainly say the same thing and, and uh, appreciate what they've gone through here. If they're one of the now 68 players, who've gone from Syracuse to Tampa Bay. Congrats to a couple of players over the last week and a half or so who have made their NHL debuts. Taylor Raddish, who played the first few games with the Lightning including his NHL debut in the season opener for Tampa Bay. And then Boris Kachuk, the most recent one, uh, he made his NHL debut for the Lightning uh, on Saturday, uh, October 16th. So congrats to those two guys, number 67 and 68, going from Syracuse to Tampa Bay during this affiliation. And again, I think they would say just what what Brian Loney said about his time in Syracuse how much it meant to him and and how they felt important in playing on a big stage here in the Salt City. But Brian was great we certainly appreciate his time. If if you were around for Brian Loney's time in Syracuse, his three years with the Crunch we'd love to hear from you, hear the stories you have of him. Maybe you met him when he came back to town a couple of years ago where the Crunch had their 25th anniversary season and had those wonderful jerseys once again and had uh, several players from that original Crunch team in in the building to celebrate that night. <laughs> what a night it was for the Crunch, too, who uh, just walloped to the Utica Comets that night. Anyway, uh, if you have any stories of Brian Loney, we'd love to hear them. You can email us, lfavali at syracusecrunch.com, and we'll get to those stories over the next uh, few episodes here of Crunch Chronicles. We're out of time on this week's episode of Crunch Chronicles. Thanks again to Brian Loney for joining us here this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you can give us a rating and review for this week's episode and for the show in general. That'll do it for us. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode of Crunch Chronicles.